Susan Gorman. I'm an intuitive counselor in Exeter, New Hampshire. And I'm Lara Bricker. I'm an author, and you might know me from the podcast Crime Writers On. Welcome to our podcast, Everyday Intuition. Welcome. And this is, we're back into full-on remote podcast mode. And this is our pre-Thanksgiving taping, but it's going to come out the day after Thanksgiving. I thought the theme this week, Susan, could be the thankful, thankful episode of Everyday Intuition. I totally agree. I was going to suggest it myself. We are of one mind. See, that means that my training is going well. It is. (laughs) So the thing about gratitude this time of year is that we really want to keep it separate from forced cheerfulness, right? especially this year, because this has been a really, really tough one. And it's not easy to be grateful and practice gratitude as a spiritual practice if you think it has to feel good when you do it, or if you have to really, really mean it. It is definitely okay to fake it until you make it. Mm -hmm. The idea about gratitude is that we affirm by being grateful even for the things that suck, we affirm that there is meaning in everything that we're experiencing. And that's why you don't really have to be like all in when you start. It's okay to kind of say, hey, universe, first of all, could you check again? Because this isn't the cruise that I signed up for. But I'm going to assume that my life is in divine order. One of my clients actually said something a couple weeks ago that was really profound. She said, I think sometimes good things can come from really terrible things. And I have known this to be true repeatedly in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what we're aiming for when we practice gratitude. Well, so I have a like personal example of that, you know, because I've been trying to cultivate this the longer we're in this situation, because it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole of being like negativity, which is, you know, Debbie Downer. So when I had lost one of my jobs early on, I was in a panic. I was very depressed. And then... As it continued, I realized, wait, this gives me an opportunity to do something more creative. Mm -hmm. And I'm now on the second draft of a book manuscript that I've been working on for like four years. And so when you're saying, so I think something good could like could come from this. In the beginning, I didn't see it that way. I don't think anybody sees any big change or loss that way in the beginning. If we did, people would trip us. You know, they'd pinch us. They'd they'd yell at us everywhere we went. And that's why that whole, like, I'm so blessed, you know, God has a plan. Those things may be true, but they're very hollow and empty if you don't acknowledge the feelings around what you're going through as well. And that's why I think that gratitude is really a practice of honesty. I'm assuming this is something that you coach people on when you're doing your workshops. And I'm wondering like how the process of cultivating this practice of finding gratitude in your life for things in your life is different now than it would be in say, not 2020. Hmm. It's the same. Okay. It's the same. We just have to do it more often. And I think the challenges are steeper. You know, I I will just come clean here and say that not just once I have been given some side eye for being a bit of a Pollyanna. I tend to interpret how things are unfolding in the world and in my life in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. 
but I've never really felt like I didn't give myself permission to be upset or grieve about some of the things. For example, this week I couldn't sleep. This happens, you know, once in a while. I'm generally sleeping better now than I was pre-lockdown pandemic, mm-hmm. but I was up in the middle of the night on Monday night and I, I just found myself in tears. I actually think that it was like, okay, I'm going to do this at like two in the morning, right? Where nobody can really hear me. I'm not going to wake anybody up. I'm just going to sneak off and like have my feelings about it. But then I thought it's, these are too big. It doesn't matter where I would have been, it just took me over. I was sobbing for a lot of reasons. And I I think part of it was that as I'm trying to adjust back into a lockdown mode, Mm -hmm. part of the trauma of being thrust into lockdown in March is coming back up again. And I've been talking to people about this a lot. You know, you can't process process trauma when you're in it. So this second go around is kicking up the feelings that didn't get fully processed in March. So it's it's really interesting how, you know, everybody processes and handles this differently. So I struggled more, I think, in the summer with the question of how long is this going to go on? When are we going to go back into lockdown? Once we're in the lockdown, I do a lot better. And I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, because I have like a history of functioning in trauma in my life and in childhood. And so my body like reverts back to that being able to survive mode that mm. was so well developed. Not not to say that I feel like I'm operating in a place of trauma right now, but once we got back into this routine of being in the house again, I found like, I did feel like I was back in March, but there is something about having structure in your day that for me anyway, helps me cope with all of this. So even though I'm here in my house, I call it my spaceship now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, your house is your spaceship. And I create different themed areas around the house so that it feels like I'm going somewhere. You know, there is something. So I think there's like people operating in different modes, like like where there's people that are reprocessing and maybe coping with that experience of March again. And then there's people that are like me back into like survival mode. I'm like, yes, you know. But I also want to say that I felt like some of the tears were that I was just giving myself permission to let this whole year have been hard, right? Mm -hmm. Not try to cope, not try to resolve all that's unknown. I've been caring a lot this year for a lot of people. The election is over. I think I just sort of let down and let it rip. And generally, I've been feeling a little bit lighter and better Mm -hmm. on the other side of that. And I think we need to stop and give ourselves permission to do that. There's also a question in the background. What does the practice of gratitude have to do with your intuition? That was my next question. We are of one mind. So there's two things that are important about that. The first thing is that if you're going to use your intuition to get stuff and make stuff happen the way you want it to and have the externals of your life be in whatever order or arrangement you think they should be, your intuition is going to fail you because life, real life, is not about that. And even when we get the things that we think we're supposed to have, we lose the weight, we get a house, we find a person, we, you know, get a job, like whatever those things are, what happens is it doesn't stay that way for very long because there are lessons embedded in everything we experience. Mm -hmm. So I tend to think 
that using our intuition for that stuff sells us short. Your intuition is actually interested in one thing, and that is having you participate in the highest good for the greatest number of people. And so life, when you're living it that way, zigs and zags, and it's full of other considerations like your emotional health and your spiritual well-being and your connection to other people and having relationships that are messy and needy but you're learning something all the reasons why humans are human so that's why it's important to remember to interpret things through the lens of gratitude in your life because you won't be able to use your intuition very deeply or very well or for very long if it's just about lottery numbers and getting into a bikini and buying a big house or a big car. That's interesting. So can we give an example? Because I, I think of, you know, this time of year, anytime you go on to social media, you see people doing these like Thanksgiving daily thankful posts and all this stuff. And I feel mm -hmm. like when I see like the same thing, oh, I'm thankful for my house, I'm thankful for my family. Uh, some of these things don't feel sincere to me, even though I'm sure that people think they're sincere. So what would be a way to actually come up with some, you're actually having gratitude for maybe in a more authentic way? I would say go in the other direction and practice gratitude for something that's stressing you out or that you're really grieving. When I say practice, I mean you're going to have to muscle it in a little bit because you may be, no, no, sir, I am not grateful for this. But what I'm asking you to do is trust that there's a part of whatever it is that you're going through that is going to make sense to you at some point. And I am not saying this lightly. This works for the big losses in your life and it, it works for inconveniences too. I mean, I tend to think, I'll give you a personal example, that I was a much better parent when my kids were little than when they became teenagers. First of all, because my family had a huge trauma and that their father, you know, passed away when they were mm -hmm. 11 and 13. But not just that, I just think I'm not as good as I was when they were little. I also think that with your kids, like they are growing at light speed, right? And we have to grow that fast to keep up with them. And it can be like a really big stretch for us. And I was furiously cleaning my house today in my pandemic pre-holiday frenzy. This is how I cope. I was thinking about how all of the challenges that have come from being their mom have made me into such a better person. And they have been able to shine a light on things that maybe I'd gotten a little complacent about, or maybe I didn't know that I needed to stretch in that area. I know that parenting shines a light on all of our unhealed mm -hmm. traumas, right? So I had yeah. to dig deep and get some healing on board. I've had to ask for help. I mean, it's really humbled me. Because also being a good mom is the one thing that I have really like did not want to die feeling like I had, you know, screwed mm -hmm. that up. Yeah. And what I've learned is that it's been, you know, fantastically challenging and it's also been really wonderful. My kids, my sons are turning into amazing people. We love each other very, very much. And I have demonstrated an adaptability and a willingness to see things and understand things a little differently. And that's actually going to be one of my biggest gratitudes for this holiday season is that despite how challenging it's been and despite how much I thought I knew that I didn't, 
despite the things that I thought I was going to get a jump on, that I'm just like every other parent in this world, mm-hmm. I can see a path forward. Yeah. And I'm also so potently grateful. So here's something on the other side. This pandemic has clarified for so many of us what is really important to us. And we are changed as a result. I got this, you know, big raft of predictions throughout the year, last year, years before, but also sort of collected into March through May of this year. And I realized that what I need to do is have like a chalkboard wall in my house. Mm -hmm. And every time something that I predicted comes to pass, I can shout, put it on the chalkboard and it'll be like the Susan Gorman chalkboard (laughs) prediction chalkboard. Yeah. So that would be a good painting project for me too, right? You could help me with that. Oh yeah. Painting projects are great. So after the election, it sort of bottomed out and I was like, well, what, you know, where are my guides at? I'm starting to get some more for 2021. The reason why I bring it up is because we are in for a pretty emotional year, not like this year, but as the vaccine proliferates throughout our society by probably summertime, Mm -hmm. some of the things that we really could not do this year might be more feasible. Mm-hmm. but we're going to be too afraid to do it, you know, because it's going yeah. to be like, wow. You know, I even told somebody that and a client and she, her response back to me is, well, maybe fall or maybe 2022. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. Our lives are going to open up again at some point next year, but we are going to be so different inside that we're not going to know exactly what kind of life to step back into. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think it's really transformative. But before I I go into that, you know, as you were talking, what was going through my head was a lot of times gratitude and what if you're looking for something to be grateful for isn't going to be until you have the perspective of hindsight in my life anyway. And at the time for me where I may be griping about something, I'm not necessarily seeing how this is going to be helpful. But then when I look back, I'm like, oh, that's why it was helpful. Yes, you and know. that's the answer to your question of why when you see all these Instagram posts of mm-hmm. people who just seem hashtag blessed, you react yes. badly because yes. that is not the coping mechanism that I am recommending when you are in it. It mm-hmm. doesn't help you. No. That no. is when your practice of gratitude has to include honesty, like basically F this. The example I, I give often when I talk about something like this is my path to having my true crime book published. And I started with this one case that I thought for sure I was going to write a book about. And I, you know, got an agent to read it. And then he was like, you know what, it's just not happening. And I was devastated. And I was like, because I had thought this was it. This was all my eggs in this basket. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of years later, there was another case that was a very high profile case. And I was like, oh, this is the case. And so I wrote another book proposal. And this time I got a very good agent, but that case that I thought was gonna be the case already had two books under contract. However, I had learned how to write a proposal from the first one. So I had gotten the agent the second time and she said, you know what, I'll keep you on if you can find another case. So each step in the process was leading me to where I was eventually having a book published. But at the time, I was like devastated because I saw each of these things as this huge setback. When I look back, I realized, oh, wait a minute. 
you know, this is because I was learning to do this at this time in the process. I wasn't ready for that next step yet. Bingo. So let's go back to that. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And ask yourself, if you were allowing your intuition to guide you through that, what your intuition would most likely, I'd stake my reputation on it, be there to encourage you is to st- to hang in there and to stick with this process. Even though things weren't working out for you necessarily the mm-hmm. way you wanted, mm-hmm. you would be feeling strangely calm and positive about it. Mm-hmm. And that is not how we are socialized to behave. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you couldn't be disappointed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it means that you might have experienced it more gently. Yeah. And I'm thinking about that now as I'm working on my current project, because I had another, like I wrote this whole manuscript probably six or seven years ago. And I remember I was devastated that it didn't go anywhere. But when I look back, I say, well, that is the project that taught me how to write and pace a fiction project as opposed to a nonfiction project. Mm -hmm. So that when I started my current project, I knew where I was going. So who knows? (laughs) So anyway, this is great, Susan. The one thing I want to say is that if you think about life is about process instead of product, that's where a lot of what we're grateful for, that's where we'll find it. Mm -hmm. There's more meaning in learning how to be who we are than the things that actually show up. It doesn't mean that we can't be focused and achieve and have good things that we're grateful for in our life. When you're grieving or you're having a hard time and you're trying to look towards the product of your life, it's going to fall flat. It's not going to help. It's going to make you feel worse and it's going to make you want to poke people in the eye or run them over with your car. Well, that wouldn't be very good. I don't want to run anybody over, Susan. I know. (laughs) I know you don't. I do sometimes. (laughs) Well, wanting to and actually doing it are two different things. Let's just put that out there. So as I'm looking at this, you just said that this reminds me, um, if people don't check out your social media posts, they certainly should, because you wrote about this this week and you wrote about the problem with gratitude being associated with having more and aspiring for more and like increases in your life. And that's basically what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. We're going to write a lot more about it in the coming weeks too, because the holidays are going to look completely different for a lot of people this year. I mean, part of me wants to say if they're going to be so different Let's make everything different. Let's like make mm-hmm. lasagna for Thanksgiving, right? Well, I just ordered a takeout Thanksgiving. I decided I wasn't going to cook and I well, feel kind of liberated. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it also takes the pressure off. I had one client who's never made a turkey before. Oh. And I was like, this is the year to do it, right? Yeah. It's First of all, it's not that complicated, but like try it. If you're not going to be with your family, what mm-hmm. could go wrong? Yeah. So I think in some ways it's going to be really liberating because it's going to give us permission to do the things that we really want to do and not do the things that we don't like about the holidays. Like Bill and I are scouting out walks that we can do when the snow is here, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sort of in denial about. But we were walking through the Saco Biddeford Mill complex, which is one of the coolest places I've ever been. And Mm -hmm. in some of the pathways, you can kind of see people's apartments and they have their Christmas trees up and all the Christmas lights are up and everything. And this was like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that is early. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought, you know, my stepsister has her whole house decorated already. I'm like, you know what? If that's what you love about the holidays, start mm-hmm. now. Do it now yeah. and just go for it. Yeah, actually, and, I was thinking of doing it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And so. this whole holiday season, no matter what religion you affiliate with, is about bringing light out of the darkness. So mm-hmm. go for it. Start now. That is the entire message of this year. So Susan, as we wrap up here, I feel like could we give like a piece of parting advice to people, like one thing they could do this Thanksgiving weekend to cultivate a little thankfulness in their life? Okay, it's going to sound probably not what people are expecting, but here's what I'm going to suggest. And that is that everybody gives themselves permission to cry, whether it's because you're feeling truly grateful that we made it this far. Mm Yeah. Whether it's because this year has just been no kind of lemon that you would ever want to make lemonade out of and you're not, you know, you're done and there's mm-hmm. no part of 2020 that didn't suck or because you're just tired and you need to just let it out cry because you will settle afterwards into mm-hmm. a real honest feeling of gratefulness, I promise you, and it will also make your intuition stronger you'll get a sense about where you're headed next year. You have to be honest first, though. All right. Well, I will do that. I don't know, though. I don't cry very often, so I'll see if it happens or not, but I'll try. Well, I didn't say cry. I said give yourself permission to cry. If I Okay. That's what I meant anyway. Okay. Great. Well, I will I will give myself permission to try that and we'll meet back again. Oh, and we're going to be meeting back again in the new year. We're going to take a little holiday hiatus. So we That's will right. talk to everybody again early in January. And we have some exciting news about that because with this Thanksgiving episode, we are officially closing out season one of Everyday mm-hmm. Intuition. And we are going to come back in 2021 and bring you season two And we have some pretty exciting ideas percolating about topics to cover and things we're going to feature. And can I just say that I might get a little emotional. I am so deeply grateful for you and our friendship, Laura. Oh, thank you, Susan. I have silly fun with you. I love your sense of humor. You have been so generous and your tech wizardry (laughs) in helping make this podcast real. And your trust and faith in me is always sustaining. And you're definitely going to be at the top of my gratitude list this year. Oh, Susan, thank you. That's so nice. That's like the nicest thing anybody has said to me in 2020. Thank you. I mean, every single word of it. Oh, thank you. Well, that makes my whole holiday right there. (laughs) And that's going to wrap up this episode and this season. The first season of Everyday Intuition with Susan Gorman and her guest intuitive and training. Yes, that's me, Laura Bricker. If you'd like to send in a question for Susan to answer, you can email her at susan at susangorman.net. And if you'd like to connect on social media, you can follow her at Susan Gorman Intuitive on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Laura Bricker on Twitter or every week on the podcast, Crime Writers On. And we hope you'll tune in next time, actually next year, 2021 when we return with season two and give you even more insight into tapping into your own everyday intuition.
do to do to do. Okay, we are recording. Do you want to do our intro? Susan? Yeah, let's let's do our intro, Laura. Okay. Our in- <laughs> do it in your best intro voice. I just suddenly got the giggles. I don't know why. 